Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with high sounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 150 verses one through six. I am very excited and humbled to share with you this lesson today on the power of praise and worship. I started at the psalm because it is a familiar and commonplace for many individuals who are acquainted with the value, the essence, the experience of praise and worship to God. Today, I aim to share with you briefly some very fundamental truths concerning praise and worship. Hopefully, that will encourage your heart, that will inform and enlighten your mind concerning who our God Jehovah Yahweh is and what his intent is to be worshiped and to be adored by his creation. I think a good place to start in the power of praise and worship is just by defining a few terms. So I would like to start by defining these terms praise and worship and then praise and worship together, if you will. All right. So um, I know that I grew up in a church setting and I've traditionally heard the term praise being thanking or reverencing God for what he's done and worship being reverencing him and honoring him for who he is. And I would say that that is a safe place for a start for some basic explanations of praise and of worship and how they differ. That one focuses on the what of God, what he has done in our lives, the wonderful things that he is doing, um, even praising him in advance for what he will do. It's focusing on the acts that God has done or can do while worship really hone it, hones in on who God is, his very nature, his character, that he is holy, that he is loving, that he is faithful, that he is kind. So I would say, yes, that's a nice starting place. But my aim in this session is to go a little deeper into praise and worship by definition, and then more importantly, by lived experiences. Um, and so um, I, I've just been prayerful, thoughtful, meditating on praise and worship um, as a concept and then as a lifestyle, um, not just because um, I am a worship leader and I, I, I do enjoy worshiping the Lord, being in his presence and um, helping others to see the value and entering into the presence of God corporately. Um, I do that and I enjoy that, but not just because I do that and I enjoy that, but because in so many ways, I believe that um, worship has preserved my life. And so I've had a chance to experience um, what it means to truly live beyond the surface when it comes to um, intimacy and living in the presence of God.
And I, I want to remind you and I want to share with you very sincerely that um, it is very important that, especially as believers in Jesus Christ, we understand we cannot afford to live outside the presence of God. Um, and this 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 session really aims to examine the worshiper's lifestyle and how one can begin to grow in intimacy with God because we can't afford to live without God. Um, I aim to emphasize the necessity and the evidence of the presence of God in the life of the believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I want you to be open to the things that I'm going to share. I will reference scriptures. I will give scriptures. Um, hopefully I will read through some scriptures and I want to encourage you and I want to invite you into a deeper level of intimacy um, with the Lord. And in the next segment, I will go into some of the types and forms of praise and worship. All right. So I think in terms of defining praise and worship be, so that we can understand the power and the value of praise and worship, I think a good landing place is for us to define these terms, but do it by first saying what praise and worship is not. All right. All right. So praise and worship is not singing. It's not a song. That's a type of praise and worship. Um, but 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 worship is not singing, all right? Lifting of the hands, kneeling or bowing. Um, worship is not, you know, when you get the, the right music and the right notes and the right movements, and then you do it all together and we say that's worship. Um, these are all expressions of worship. And yes, they the forms and expressions of, of worship begin to form out of a heart. And so worship and praise is a formation of the heart. Um, it, it is a lived experience of the heart that is then reflected through all of these powerful expressions that we see and we experience in our per our personal and in our public gatherings, all right? And so I, I would like to define um, praise and worship as a lifestyle. It is a way of living that reflects a response to an interaction with the presence of God. I'll define it again. Praise and worship is a way of living that reflects a response to and interaction with the presence of God. Um, a response to and a interaction with the presence of God. Um, I want to lean into the first element of this definition, that worship is a response to the presence of God, all right? Um, we understand that in terms of, of, of a biblical practice, the law of first mention is, is something that we, we lean into that says wherever the first time we see a word or concept in the biblical text, um, we study that in context um, to, to understand some of the very valuable and key principles of that particular word or phrase or concept. And so the first time that we see the word worship in the biblical text is in the story of Father Abraham um, in Genesis chapter 22. 
And we see that worship was nestled into his response to Yahweh, right? And so it wasn't the inverse where he did something to get a response from God. Because a lot of times people have it twisted. They have it backwards. And they say, you know, if I do this, if I clap right, if I shout right, if I sing right, if I do this, if I cry, if I then I'll then I'll get a response to God. Well, that that's true and it has its place to a degree. But if we take it from 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 the platform of a God-centered approach to worship, we find that worship comes from God. It is it, it, the, the idea, the concept, the experience of worship is not something that we humanly um, thought of. Um, in fact, we could even say that in our lives, uh, we probably weren't the first to think of God. Um, we weren't the first to want to wanna come into relationship with God, but we were on the mind of God before, long before he was on our mind. And so the, the concept and the experience of, of worship and, and being intimate with God and being in fellowship with him and being in relationship with him actually came from him. Um, he spoke to Father Abraham out of his own holiness, out of his holy hill, out of his own person, out of his own nature, out of his own desire to be with mankind, to be in relationship with mankind. And so in Genesis chapter 22, that's what we, we find, that, that it is God who is initiating um, what eventually leads to Abraham's worship or sacrifice of praise. Um, the scripture tells us in, in Genesis chapter 22, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, that some time later, after his initial calling out to Father Abraham and the promises that he um, would give to him, some time later, God tested Abraham's faith. Because I want you to know that praise and worship is an expression of faith. We'll get there in a minute. He tested Abram's faith. Abram, God called out. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Verse three, the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, because it took time for him to prepare this sacrifice of praise. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship over there. And then we will come right back. I'm going to pause because there is a lot that we can abstract from this particular text 
where we find that word worship. Abraham tells his servants, you stay here while we go there and worship and come back. Um, I don't have time to exhaust all of what is revelatory and packed in to this particular text, but I would like to elevate, still defining, still exploring what praise and worship really is. I would like to elevate just three key points when we talk about the response to the presence of God. Um, the first thing that we want to, to elevate is that uh, worship is a response of faith. It is when you have heard and are hearing and or are hearing from God and you learn how to respond in faith because there are times where your faith will be tested and what you say and whom you say you believe in will be tested. Um, and, and the test is not coming for, 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 for what you're going to do necessarily, the external, the tangible actions, but the test is really coming for your heart, what you really believe, what you really subscribe and ascribe to on the altar of your heart that's going to lead to your expression of obedience. And so the first point is that worship is not worship if it's not in response to faith in God. And the second is that worship always is nestled into sacrifice. Um, if, if, if what you are doing, what you are saying, if, if how you are moving, if how you are behaving um, doesn't cost you, if, if, it, if it's not a sacrifice, if it doesn't cost you losing something, giving up something that's dear to you in exchange for the will of God, if it's not going to cost you, if it's not going to be nestled in and rooted in a sacrifice that causes pain, that causes anguish, that sometimes causes a, a confusion, that makes you uneasy, that makes you unsettled, but pleases God, then that's not worship. Right. And so so worship is a response to faith. Worship worship is nestled and rooted in sacrifice, pain, what causes what costs you something to give up in order to receive and respond to God. Right. And then and, and then lastly, worship is prophetic. It's going to literally usher you into your prophetic or destiny aligned place in God. Um, when you learn how to worship, you will begin to, to speak the language of God. You will begin to see and perceive what's next in the will and in the plan of God. And so I'll just pull this up. When, when Abraham spoke, he said, stay here, we'll go worship and we will come right back. And so it's evident that, that this is prophetic in nature, that though he was in the face of, of a sacrifice and, and though he was preparing to literally sacrifice, to kill, to, to, to take the life from his son, yet in his spirit, 
He had to discern. He had to perceive that there would be light after this. Because how am I going to the mountain to sacrifice my son, but I'm telling my servants we're going to worship and we're coming back. Um, when you are elevated and when you are advancing in a life of worship, um, you begin to, to, to be become prophetic in who you are. You begin to see um, the, the, the life of the, of the future for your life, for the life of your family, for the life of those attached to you, for the life of your ministry, for the life of everything that is an extension of you. You begin to see that on the other side of this sacrifice, because I am doing it in response to the presence of God, there is life after this. And so no matter where I go in life, no matter what the test is in life, no matter what the trial is in life, no matter what I have to give up in life, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll recover from this and there will be life. There will be fullness. There will be joy. There will be peace evermore when I learn how to truly worship. And so Worship, praise and worship, a way of living in, a way of living that reflects a response to an interaction with the presence of God. Your faith, the sacrifice, the growth in the prophetic, when I truly began to worship because I'm responding to God not trying to get a response out of God. And so this is where we go into these standard, if you will, definitions of praise and worship. And we talk about the second side of that definition, the interaction with the presence of God in our life. I need for you to understand that we praise and we worship God for many reasons. And I'm gonna go over some of those before I wrap up. Um, but but before I talk about the reasons why, I need for you to understand that your response to God is going to cause you to interact with God. All right. And so anyone who says that I'm a praiser, that I'm a worshiper, that I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You can't expect for your mouth to say anything that your heart has not already interacted with. You can't expect for your hands to be lifted in a way that your heart has not already surrendered to or be lifted in victory that your heart has not already perceived that I am victorious. You can't expect for your body to move and interact or for your lifestyle disciplines to interact in a way that your heart has not already responded to. So we had to start with the response of the heart so we can get into the interactions with the presence of God. We begin to dance with him. Hallelujah. We begin to sing not a song that we're singing to him, but a song that we're singing from him. Um, it's the song of the Lord that comes from a place that someone can't teach you or train you. Um, and even when, when you begin to experience it in a corporate setting or a gathering with other believers, um, you're doing it together, but you're not quite doing it the same because what you begin to offer up, what you begin to, to, to give up, what you begin to express unto God and how you begin to interact with God comes from a very personal place 
in God. It comes from a John 4, 24 place of understanding that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So some of the, the synonyms or some of the meanings of the word praise means to speak well of, means to express adoration for, means to compliment or to commend or to congratulate or to applaud or to recognize or to eulogize, which means to speak well of, to extol. And so when you begin to go praising the Lord, you can compliment and you can commend and you can recognize him, yes, with other people, but you are doing it from a personal place. Well, I commend you for what you've done. You've been awesome to me. You've been great to me, God. You've been wonderful to me, God. You brought me out of and you brought me through some things that I could not bring myself through. You helped me through some things. You brought me out of some things that I can speak well of how you specifically changed my life altered my thinking. Hallelujah. Renewed and strengthened my heart. And then I began to interact through these expressions. To worship means to express reverence, which may look like me standing or sitting in silence just to acknowledge your presence. To express reverence, which may look like me kneeling in the secrecy of my home, in my room, in the quiet place that I've set aside, that I've consecrated, if you will, for your presence. It means worship. It means to have a sense of awe, to be in awe. The scripture talks about terrible are thy works, not terrible meaning bad, but they cause me to stand in awe. So that may look like me crying when no one's bothering me, when no one is around, but I am in awe at your presence, at your hand that I know is in my life. It may look like me bowing low because to worship means to bow low before this object of affection. It means to lay prostrate. One of, the, one of the Hebrew words for worship means forehead to the ground. It means to literally lay prostrate with your forehead to the ground, with your face to the ground. And, and I, I, I really focus on this definition because I, I visualize this soul, this person with their forehead to the ground. It, it symbolizes that my thoughts are so centered on you, are so surrendered to you. My mind is so surrendered to you that I don't care what's going on above me. I don't care what's going on around me, but my thoughts, my mind is so focused on who you are, how amazing you are, 
that I find safety, I find shelter there. And then secondly, it symbolizes that when I am in a worshipful position with my forehead bowed to the ground, it means that I trust you, that what I cannot see, what I cannot perceive, what I cannot control that's going on over me, it's okay because you are my covering. You are my provider. You are the God that looks over me. Your banner over me is love. I am protected when I am in a posture of worship. Hallelujah. To worship also means to esteem the worth of or worship, to give that person, to give that entity. We're talking about God now, to give God that esteem and that worth that only he is worthy of. He says in Isaiah, who can be my counselor? There's no God beside me who sits parallel to me. There's no God above me who is higher than me. There's no God that can counsel me. I am in control. And so when the worshiper begins to press in and esteem the worth of Yahweh, they understand that I am yielding myself and giving way and giving place to the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who is alpha and omega, the one who is never lost, never confounded by my circumstances. So he becomes the object of my affection and my attention. And then that is what leads me to now begin to interact with him. So what are some of the ways that we, that what are some of the ways uh, that we worship God or interact with the presence of God? We interact with the presence of God through disciplines of faith, I call them. Prayer, fasting, Bible study, reading and studying his word. Through meditation upon his word and his character through frequent fellowship with his body, where we become strengthened, where we become exposed to more prophetic revelation of who he is and where he is, where he is and where he is taking us individually and collectively. And then I begin to act with him through these expressions of praise and worship, which I'll share in the next segment. But before I wrap up this segment, I want to give you, biblically, at least five reasons that we should praise and worship the Lord. And then I'll go into our segment for our pause for our next segment, all right? Five reasons that we should praise and worship the Lord. Number one, he is worthy of thanksgiving, according to Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Number two, he is worthy of praise. Second Samuel chapter 22 says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Number three, because he is great. 
Psalm 48 verse one tells us, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in his holy mountain. Number four, we praise him for his mighty acts. Psalm 150 verse two, I opened the session with, praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. He is the ultimate power. He is the ultimate authority. He is above all things and greater than all things. Number five, we praise him because he has chosen us to worship and bring honor to his name. Luke 10, 20 says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but because your names are written in heaven. We praise and worship the Lord because we've been chosen to give him worship and reverence and to reign with him. And my friends, there are many, many, many other reasons why we praise him, why we worship him, why we honor him. But I want you to understand as you go forward in your life that there is power in praise and in worship. And so whatever you may be facing, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you that it starts and it ends in praise. And until the next time, may the Lord bless you and richly keep you in Jesus name. Thank you so much for joining me.